Ultimate Frisbee is here to stay. The sport has grown so much. There's actually a pro league now with a team from Minnesota in it. But before we start unpeeling Ultimate, how about we recognize the Ultimate podcast sponsor, Bradshaw and Bryant. And then I promise it's full on Frisbee. Mike Bryant, kind enough to join us in studio again. Good to see you again, fine sir. Great to be here. All right. Well, I, I, the, the legal process can be uh, awfully intimidating for, for some people. Y- you help them every step of the way, don't you? Well, we try to. I mean, we we want to make sure they understand their rights, make sure they understand what their potential coverage is out there, and help them with the big issues they've got. People have wage loss, medical bills. They have all sorts of concerns. People who are charged criminal charges have concerns about those charges, and we try to get to the bottom of what we can do to help them. You know, in the sports world, there's, there's lulls every once in a while when seasons end and what... there's not a lull for for an attorney like you, is there? Well, it's a weird thing because, like, suddenly something will happen. You know, so, like, you think, oh, I got nothing going on right now, and then, boom, that night you get a phone call, or the next morning you get a phone call, and you're in the middle of something. that People need your help right at that moment, and we try to provide that. Provide justice for the injured, as you like to say. What does that mean to you? Well, it means giving people the information that they need to get the help that they need so that in times of, of major needs, they've got somebody there on their side. And that's you and, and your team at Bradshaw and Bryant. And so what if, if somebody is injured or somebody does need help, what do they do? They call our office. They check the website with minnesotapersonalinjury.com or they call 800-770-7008. Mike Bryant, thanks so much for being a partner of Perkett Pod. Perkett Pod, sometimes he's at play. Perkett Pod, find out what he'll say. Perkett Pod, who's coming on today? Perkett Pod. Okay, back to the show, which today is all about Ultimate Frisbee and our guest, Brian Vinoka, which leads me to Random Ranks. This time on Random Ranks, I'm struck by the name Ultimate Frisbee. And so here now, the top 11 sports that could become a thing if they add a cool word like ultimate in front of it. Okay, you'll get the idea. Number 11, epic hacky sack. Number 10, phenomenal juggling. Number nine, extreme hopscotch. (laughs) Uh, Number eight, insane cornhole. Number seven, majestic jarts. (laughs) Watch your watch your bare feet. Number six, bitchin' bocce. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, that sounds funnier than it is. Okay. uh, Number five, funky fresh wiffle ball. A little different twist. Uh, Number four, wicked kickball. Number three, radical four square. And again, these are the top 11 sports that could become a thing if they add a cool word like ultimate in front of it. Number two, maximum horseshoes. (laughs) And number one, supersized ski ball. Yeah, think about it. Okay, back to Ultimate Frisbee, where the AUDL, or American Ultimate Disc League, has taken the sport to a whole new level. One of the teams in this league, the Minnesota Windchill, and one of the veteran players on the team is Brian Vinoka. He's my ultimate guest this week on Perkett Pod. All right, Brian Vinoka, so kind to join us here today to talk all things Windchill. (laughs) 
in the middle of summer, which I love. Uh, I love that we're still talking about windchill. Um, but this is obviously our ultimate team here in town in the Twin Cities that we're proud of because you've been here a while now. And, and uh, can you tell us about how long you've been with the team and, and I guess how the team formed? Um, so this is my fifth year on the team, but, uh, this team, uh, kind of came together. The AUDL, uh, formed as a league back in 2012. Um, some individuals came together as a partnership. They loved ultimate and they're like, we think this can be, you know, the sport of the future, essentially, um, highlight real plays, lots of athleticism, um, you know, high scoring, uh, but with less contact than say football. Um, it's something that they knew could be entertaining and that people would want to watch. And they just were trying to figure out how to make it as consumable as possible. Right. Right. And then, and then, you know, Minnesota came along and, uh, and then you came along as part of, of the organization as well. What, how did you get into ultimate Brian? Yeah, I, um, my origin story goes all the way back to high school. Um, I, at the time, didn't know it, uh, but Eden Prairie is where I grew up. Uh, we had a club team there. Um, I played baseball and basketball throughout my youth and into high school. And, like, one Wednesday, my good buddy, shout out to Roland Biro. Uh, I remember we were sitting in the cafeteria, and he was like, hey, you should come play frisbee with us because on wednesdays we had late start days so we had an extra half hour to do whatever you wanted the past few weeks i was like no no i'm i'm good i don't want to be all sweaty for my first class uh, one day i finally caved and went with them and we played in the gymnasium and i scored i don't know i scored a bunch of goals because no one had any idea who i was and i had some form of of uh of good hand-eye coordination so i could catch the desk and from there, it, it kind of turned into like a hobby. Like I play intramurals and then my senior year, I, I actually didn't play baseball. I didn't play basketball and I decided to play Frisbee instead. And since then I've played either a uh, club Frisbee or, and again, the past five years played pro Frisbee. So overall I started back in, I, I think that first time I went was back in like 2005, but I've been playing consistently since about 2007. Yeah. So. Before we get into some, uh, some of the high school scene, what, what do you, uh, so it's okay to call it Frisbee then, right? Even though it's disc, yeah. I mean, it's kind of interchangeable. That's okay. It's like ping pong table tennis or where are we at? Yeah. So, I mean, the big deal is just like more understanding of the concept. So the two big things out there are disc golf, and ultimate frisbee um people kind of use them interchangeably especially if you don't have too much knowledge of what goes on for either of them more people are familiar with disc golf it's the one that has baskets um out on a pre-described course similar to golf you drive from a tee box you try and throw it in a basket um i do play that as well casually um Ultimate Frisbee is a little bit more like uh, a combination of football, soccer, and basketball. Um, you can think of the players as like receivers and quarterbacks, essentially, two kind of distinct positions. And then while you're out there, pace is kind of like soccer, where if there's a turnover, it's immediately you're on defense. Um, you know, clock in the AUDL or the pro scene continues to roll until you get under certain time limits for stoppage but for the most part it's rolling time um on top of that 
like basketball, you have to establish a pivot. You can't run with the disc. So you have to be able to pass between your teammates to throw and score in an end zone. Every score is one point. You play either to a point total or in the pro leagues, you play timed quarters. And then whoever has more at the end wins the game. And how many on a team, Brian? Um, So a team will have typically between, you know, 20, 24 to 35. I mean, the pro leagues, there really is no cap. Active rosters for game day is 20. So you can have 20 people who are eligible to play in the game. It's 7v7 on the field at a time. So 14 players on the field. Um, So again, it's however your roster makeup. Sometimes if you have an away game, we've brought like skeleton crews of 16 people and you play a lot of points and it's, it can get tough out there. It can be tiring, but um, there are other times where you have three full lines almost, and you can just kind of roll in between. So, so the goal is to get across, the goal is to get across the goal uh, with, yep. with with the disc with the frisbee, and and that's similar to rugby also in a, in a way. Are mm-hmm. it, it, are you setting up plays? Are there positions? Is it a free for all? Are you, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So um, it definitely has the the loose structure of there. There are typically offenses and defenses on the team. You typically have a prescribed side that you play on. We will cross people over. Um, but for the most part, yeah, there's primarily um, quarterbacks or handlers, as they're called, or receivers, which are cutters. So handlers and cutters are the two primary roles. Most people fall into one of those two categories. Um, there's some people who will tell you they do a little bit of both. It, it's true. There are people who do a little dabble in both, but for the most part, those are the kind of easy ways to classify it. So I myself am a cutter. I'm primarily a receiver. I like to be downfield um, trying to get open uh, against a defender, whether that is a zone defense, whether that is a person defense. Um, it really depends. Um, a couple factors will definitely uh, be in play. Weather is huge. I mean, we're similar to soccer where if it rains, tough luck, you're up there. Like if it's windy and cold, tough luck, you're up there. I mean, obviously we stop for lightning and stuff like that, but um, the effect that the elements play on the disc is also uh, one of the interesting things because unlike a football, uh, which I mean, for the most part, unless you have pretty brutal wins, right? You can still have professional quarterbacks who can throw that thing 50 yards and a strong headwind, you know, uh, with, with that. And it'll see movement, but not too much where 175 gram disc, when you like throw it as hard as you can into a 30 mile an hour wind, it, it could go 10 yards. Like I, I could probably wind up and try and throw it as hard as I can. And it could go absolutely nowhere. So it changes how each game is played. Some games when there's no wind, you can get basically Hail Marys to the end zone, long, deep passes, and that can be the majority of the game where it's just like a, a disc out to space and like you versus a defender running onto it. There can be other games where, again, it's Rindy and you need to play kind of small ball and like dink and dunk between a zone defense to try and open it up and use the width of the field to score. So um, each game kind of takes a life of its own. All right, we're going to put Perkett Pot on pause for a sec. We'll be back with more from Brian Vinoka. 
But first, I've got Sean Bernard here in the studio with me from Edina Realty, such a great partner of Perkett Pod. Couldn't do it without you, Sean. How is the real estate business? I would imagine with winter over, it's jamming again. It is. And, you know, it, it kind of jammed even at the end of winter. People are were really wanting to buy and sell. It, lately, it's been a lot of my friends whose parents are kind of moving on to that next chapter of their life, and I'm helping them sell mom and dad's home. So, you know, a lot of guys our age, I think we're not too far off. Our parents are tending to downsize and kind of moving into that condo, that townhouse, that sort of thing. So if you know somebody who's looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594. And I also want to mention, you're also helping out the, the, the local music community as well with, with your work. Yeah, I'm a huge sports fan, as you know, but I also uh, love seeing live music. And a lot of these artists and bands, it's been a really challenging year this year. So a portion of every sale on the buy side or the sell side uh, is going to a local artist or band of the choosing of the, the buyer or the seller. Sean Bernard at Diane Realty, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And if you're listening to this podcast and you love music, I got a great podcast for you to listen to. It's The Brian Oak Show. Give that a listen anywhere you find your podcasts. Perk and You talk about handlers and cutters uh, or quarterbacks and receivers, however you want to call it. But, uh, and, and you said there are, there are sort of people that are mostly offensive and, and, and then there are some that are more defensive. Are the, are the, is, are the defenders sort of the ones that, that hang back closer to the goal line and try to bat things down and swat and intercept and, and do that kind of thing? Yeah. De- depending on, uh, depending on the scenario in the game. So for the most part, um, during the quarter, uh, so if we're talking AUDL, uh, they have time quarters, 12-minute quarters. You're going to play um, some form of person defense or zone. Um, for the most part, you won't protect the goal unless it's like an end-of-quarter situation. There could be seven seconds left on the clock. They only have seven seconds to score, so they're probably just going to like huck it downfield and hope that someone can catch it in the end zone. Um, at that point, yeah, it makes sense. You just kind of wall up like, again, a Hail Mary and just try and bat it down or catch it. Um, otherwise, we are typically playing defense out there um, like a quarterback, like a safety. Um, the interesting thing and the tough part about defense is unlike football, right, there really isn't too much that happens behind the line of scrimmage, right? There can be, but for the most part, there's not on the Frisbee field. Like the person with the disc obviously has to stay pivoted with one foot attached to the ground, but all of the other players on the field can run wherever they want to. So if you want to cherry pick and run directly to the end zone, you can, if you want to go directly backfield 15, 30, 45 yards, you can do that too. So pivoting, trying to keep that like sense of defense can be really difficult. Um, And again, to, to that point, um, it makes the offense a little bit easier um, out there, but, um, it, it requires you to have a lot of endurance and also speed training to try and prevent all of those things from happening. Yeah. If you take an extra step in the pivot, you know, is, is there somebody there to blow a whistle? In other words, are there officials, are there referees? There are referees in the pro league. Um, it is nice because it does keep the game moving. So it's going to be like a 10 yard penalty, either a travel, um, just like in basketball, you would move the disc back 10 yards. There are other uh, issues. Picks. Um, you can't pick in Frisbee. 
Um, so if a pick happens, offensive team has to move back. You can't set a screen. Can't set a screen. Mm. No. Um, it's one of those things that, uh, doesn't now, whether or not that gets called, you know, the league's gotten better at kind of calling that in, in the past, it was a little, little grayer. There were, there were definitely times where you felt like you got picked, but nothing was called. Um, but for the most part, uh, fouls as well. Like if you're going to try and catch the disc and I like hit your hand and that causes you to drop it. Um, there are, uh, stalls. So one of the big things is you can't just sit there with the Frisbee forever. So like if you catch it and you establish your pivot, uh, you have seven seconds in the pro league to throw it. Um, if you do not throw it, it's a turnover. Um, the other ways you would lose the disc is if you throw it out of bounds, uh, the disc hits the ground or, um, if it's intercepted by the other team, those is are it mostly a, played on like a football field or a soccer field. Uh, uh, you know, it's, well, I, I know the pro is different, but, but yeah. is that, is that kind of the, the layout? Roughly. Yes. The pro league is essentially a football field. Uh, I believe it's 80 yards long with 20 yard end zones. Um, and then it's the full 53 and a third wide. Um, the, the club like USA ultimate, which is the other season, uh, they're a little smaller. It's about, uh, 70 yards by 40 yards with 20 yard end zones. But for is, the most part, roughly a football field. Is there offsides, Brian? There is offsides, um, offsides on the pole. So there's a kickoff at the beginning of, of every point. Um, one team throws to the other team. And again, strategy can be used there. Sometimes you have teams who will roll it out of bounds because uh, there's one, another main difference in the pro leagues is you can double team which you can't in club Frisbee, but it adds another development. So two defenders trying to block the disc and or cause a errant throw um, that turns the disc over. So um, if you cross the plane of the goal line before the person kicking off has thrown the disc, it's offsides. Yeah. Um, if that happens, they get the disc at midfield, which is a huge, <laughs> huge penalty. And we should mention AUDL, you've mentioned it a couple of times now. That's the American Ultimate Disc League. And this is the organization that the, the league, the, the governing body over the league. How many teams, Brian, are in the league uh, in addition to the Minnesota Windchill? Um, I believe there are 19 other teams. Oh, it's awesome. The wind, so wind robust. So, yes. Um, we are in the Central Division. Um, so we have Madison, Detroit, uh, Indy, and Chicago in our division. Um, but then there's also teams out in the Atlantic and West division. So um, pretty much dotted all around Raleigh, Tampa Bay, uh, out there, uh, Philly, uh, Pittsburgh, DC, uh, Boston, New York, out on the West Coast. They have uh, San Fran, San Diego. Uh, they have LA. They've got Seattle, Dallas, Austin. And then we also have three teams in Canada, uh, Ottawa, Toronto, and um, Montreal. So, and, and I was looking, I was looking at the standings and I was checking things out and there's some really cool team names in this league. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. People were creative, which is good. We need a little bit more, more uh, like a uh, little bit more life or excitement in those, not your, uh, not your like Raiders or, or whatever. Do you, do you, do you get weird responses when you tell people that you play pro ultimate? <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, is, and yeah, is it pro? Yeah. Is it pro? Are you getting, is your, you know, how, how's this working? 
Yeah, so we do get game stipends. You definitely cannot make a living. You have to have a job as of right now. The hope in the future is probably after I am done playing, like 10, 15 years down the road, the hope is that you could potentially make a living from it where you could do nothing but train as a professional Ultimate Frisbee player. Um, That being said, it has come a long way. Um, The fact that the league and your ownership – Our ownership is great. Shout out to Omar and Surly and also our coach, Ben Feldman, who's a minority owner. Um, They do a great job. Uh, Everything is, for the most part, taken care of for us. So whether we're going to away games, either flying or busing, our jerseys, um, we get like a little bit of a meal stipend. We do get paid to play when you're on the active roster. Um, Takes away all the barriers to play, which is super fortunate for us. Um, the other forms of Frisbee is all out of pocket. So um, if you play club, you have to fund everything yourself. And depending on what level you're at for club, um, it can be expensive. I mean, you can be playing like three or four different tournaments across the U.S., um, you know, per year, plus jerseys, travel, um, lodging, all that kind of stuff. That's all out of pocket for you. So that's what's really nice about the pro leagues. You don't make any money really, but um, you don't have to pay anything, which is um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what do you, what do you think of the high school scene? Cause it seems to me that um, this is not that, you know, fluky of a niche sport anymore. This is, this is something that's, that's definitely happening out there. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the fun facts is actually Minnesota has, <clears throat> now I might date myself on this, but we used to have the largest high school scene in the country, which is wild. Um, like for the most part, you would think of more densely populated, maybe like in LA or in New York or something like that as having the biggest, but actually we, and again, I may be off a little bit on this, but we used to, for sure. If we're not the top, we're still probably in the top three to five. So um, huge scene here. Um, it's it's incredible. Uh, Hopkins has been an established like middle school program for years, like maybe even more than like 15, 20 years, which is about how long I've been playing Frisbee. So it's crazy to see um, the younger generations uh, I didn't even know what Frisbee was at 13, 14 years old, and they've been playing for a few years, and these kids are really good. Like, their disc skills are great. Their throwing is great. Um, they've got a good sense for how to read the disc, especially in adverse conditions. Like, it, it's incredible to see what all that time and effort and hours going in early uh, as a kid, like, gets you when you do show up to high school. Like, they're really good. So I've watched you guys play, but only when you put on exhibitions at halftime of Vikings games at U.S. Bank Stadium. And, yeah. and you know, there's some things that go on during halftime of, of NFL games that are pretty that, that get to be kind of OK, you know, move it along or whatever. And, and everybody stays in their seats when you guys are out there because it's it is like you said, there are so many highlight reel plays and things that go on that are just like that leave your jaw dropped. And it, it's, it's a fantastic spectator sport. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one of those things that, uh, again, it's, it's familiar. So like you understand the concept, right? 
football. They got to score in an end zone. These guys got to score in an end zone. You pass the the disc between each other, kind of like the football. Um, but yeah, I mean the the opportunity that the disc has because it floats for longer. Um, you can you know having people like vertical leap as high as they can, trying to pick this thing out of the air. Maybe it'll hang out there like six, seven feet in front of a guy who just ran 70 yards and now he's got to lay out to catch it. Um, it's a lot tougher to get those opportunities in some other sports. And because of the way the disc reacts to a lot of the environment, um, it allows itself for, again, huge, exciting plays um, pretty much at any time, which is awesome. And the the halftime scrimmages, I'll say, do get a little like Hail Mary happy, but uh, for the most part, like, yeah, those, those plays can happen pretty much at any time. I was going to say, I, I know happen. that it is sort of just an exhibition and you're trying to show off the sport. And, and so you guys are like sending it every other play. It's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, but I, I, so I get that part of it, but like the athleticism involved is pretty impressive. A, because you're, you're pretty much moving at all times through all, all periods of the game. It's, it's not a, it's, there's no stagnation where you're, you know, on second base waiting for the, you know, the next pitch or whatever you are literally running all the time. And if you're not running forward, you're running backwards a lot. Um, you're having to backpedal a, a ton. You're, you're, you're contorting your bodies when the, when the disc is up in the air in all sorts of shapes and ways that are probably uncomfortable at times you're landing from those contortions and those leaps and those, those, you know, it, it's, it's remarkable. The, the, the physicality that goes into this sport, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's one of those things that, um, it's, it can be tough to, to kind of get a handle on until you kind of see it. And I explain it to people as like, it's like actually kind of a physical sport. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't imagine that, uh, excuse me. You wouldn't imagine that from uh, just uh, your preconceived notions of it. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's it's a lot of like changing between speeds, dynamic sprinting into um, like a full speed jump or I may need to lay out or I may need to cut aggressively um, in any direction. Maybe I'm going to go left, right, forwards, backwards um, to get away from my defender. Um, yeah, you get bumped in midair. Uh, you could have six people going for a disc at one time. You can have people lay out in basically perpendicular directions, collide with each other. I mean, it's it's one of those deals where it you know injuries do happen, and everyone's you know been training for for the most part years and years and years to play at this level. Um, so it's it's cool to see people get to showcase that athletic ability, which again. Um, depending whether or not you played or have any idea, you maybe played rec in high school um, or you played as like a summer league or that kind of stuff. Um, definitely takes it up a few notches when you get to that level where you can dedicate at least, you know, six months or nine months of your year for some of us, like year round, we're just kind of training or maybe we'll take off a few months, maybe one or two months, but we're back lifting, we're back running sprints, we're back doing, conditioning then we're we're back into practicing you know 10 months of and, the year. and what's crazy to me also is that you know because i've i've thrown plenty of frisbees i've been growing up in southern california uh, that's just a lot of what we did recreationally on the beach or, or in the parks or whatever it's just you always brought your frisbee um and so i can i can get a good throw on a frisbee but like 
I can't huck it like you guys can. You guys can send these things. And because if I tried to send it that far, it's like going to go, it's going to veer off hard one way or another left or, or way right. And it's just going to be just a hot mess, but you guys are able to send it and then, but also send it with, with a great level to it. You know what I'm saying? Like there it's, it's a very flat disc. I mean, you can bend it obviously and, and put it where you want to put it, but but to be able to, to get that kind of distance is pretty remarkable. How, how far, how, how far can you huck one? Um, I mean, no wind, um, probably send one, maybe 85, 90 yards. If oh, I got, geez. if I got a good one, um, <laughs> like that's, that's probably the max range. There are people who can throw it farther. Um, like one of our teammates, uh, Josh Klein, shout out to Josh Klein. He, um, he's just coming back from, shoulder surgery which is not great dislocated shoulder but he's back um so uh he monster cannon guy guy i don't know if he's still got it right now that he's coming back but he i i bet you he can throw over 100 yards when he's healthy um and there are other people around the world but um yeah definitely one of those deals that uh couple years put into throwing it and and learning how to throw with wind and learning how much spin you have to put on it and like the release angle has to be at at the right um at the right trajectory and if if that is right with the power that you put on it and the amount of spin you put on it you can get it to sit and just kind of float down like it's on a shelf for someone out there you know 60 70 yards no it's beautiful when it's done right i've seen you guys do it like so so the uh but you do it with the forehand as well. Like, I, and I don't know what you call that, but like, you know, when I throw a Frisbee, I'm throwing, you know, across my body and I'm flinging yep. it out. But, but you guys sometimes are oftentimes really, it depends on where the defenders are and where, what, how you need to throw it. You'll, you'll just zing it with your forehand. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, multitude of throws. There are various ways to get the disc there. Um, so the common throws are backhand, which is the one that everyone kind of grows up with, right? It's across your body. Um, your hand is outside of the Frisbee and you're going to snap your wrist, um, to throw that disc. There is a forehand. It can be called a flick. Forehand is also appropriate, um, where you'll take typically like two fingers and you'll grip it with your thumb. And then it's the same motion as the backhand, but inverse, uh, yeah. on the forehand side, um, there are over the top throws. Uh, so it's the flick grip, but it's called a hammer over the top. Um, there are also, uh, like if you, if you're ever interested, there's a guy, Rowan McDonald, who is like, look like one of the bigger names in the AUDL. He has a whole series about like trick throws and yeah. like crazy throws, hundreds of, of throws that either are popular or can be done and it's cool just to see what given time and a lot of skill what people can come up with and like frankly can use in a game because yeah, it really well, doesn't doesn't matter how it gets there as long as you catch it right really quickly i know i i i could talk all day with but um mm-hmm. just a few more questions like yeah. you, on those hammers are they able to get those to flatten out like do you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. do those yeah. eventually wow and again, it, it all depends on conditions, but yeah, I mean, sometimes it comes in as a blade. We just come like straight perpendicular, straight down to the ground. Uh, sometimes you got to catch those, but yeah, they do flatten out. Um, they will go out and the spinning force of the disc will actually get it to sit and then it'll kind of dip back. Yeah, a that's little crazy. Bit. That's crazy. We did something with the wind chill 
um, on for care 11, a few years ago where we were trying to hit, we were trying to see how hard it was to like hit a crossbar on a soccer goalpost. And like the amount of times that the wind chill players were able to do it was just amazing. And like, they could do <laughs> like they could do it like a corner kick and they could bend it around and hit the cross. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. there you guys. And then the, then the one guy sent it I don't know, his name escapes me, but he sent it the, the whole distance of the field, <laughs> hit the, hit the crossbar. And it was, we were just going nuts. It was awesome. Where, where do you guys play your games, Brian? Yeah, we play at Seafoam Stadium out in Concordia, St. Paul. So right over there off Snelling and 394, essentially, you can see it from the highway. Um, we've got, oh gosh, um, what, like five home games left this year? And you're doing well? Yeah, we're doing well. Three and one. Three and That's, one. So are we, there playoffs then? There are playoffs. So um, this year we have two uh, playoff spots in our division. Um we will hopefully be in one of those two top seeds and the winner of that goes to championship weekend where the, the winner of the central and the West and the Atlantic actually has eight teams, which is a little larger than the other two divisions. They're going to send two teams. So four teams from the country will play uh, for a championship title. Um, And I believe that's in DC this year. Have you, have you ever made it? What's the farthest Winchell has ever got? We have made the first round of the playoffs three, three times. Okay. Yeah. There might be one. Three. Yeah. Just say a few. Yeah. A few. Uh, We, we, a couple heartbreakers in there. We've lost uh, a couple by like one or two goals. So uh, we think this team this year has as good a shot as any of our past teams. Yeah. to make the finals weekend. So we're, and then, we're and excited. Then hopefully you're standing in the end and you're celebrating and uh, it's a champagne bath or maybe not champagne, yeah. maybe more like surly furious or something, right? It, it, yeah. I'll, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll have a bunch of furiouses out of that cup if we win, which like, I don't know that I do that with too much else, but yeah. <laughs> That's sure. tremendous. No, I, I appreciate your time. Thanks for, thanks for kind of educating us and sharing kind of the, the story of the league, the story of the game the, and the story of windchill I'm excited for you guys. I really am. I, I hope uh, I hope the winning ways continue, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. And uh, yeah, look forward to it. And hopefully we can, uh, again, have a couple of out of that cup. Yeah, no doubt. Really quickly, where can people, if they want to check out one of these the last five games or whatever, and they want to look at your schedule and, and want to check out the website and maybe some highlight reels and, and all that fun stuff that's on the website, where, where can they find that? Yep. So uh, it's theaudl.com. So you can just type it into Google or your URL search, uh, theaudl.com. And it's the Minnesota Windchill is yep. our team. You can look up schedules, players, stats, what have you. You can also catch us on audl.tv. Um, so if we're ever traveling and away, uh, you can watch us live stream. Every game is live stream. We also have a game of the week coming up. Uh, sponsored by DraftKings. I want to say that's in two weeks or three weeks, and that's going to be on YouTube. So again, we're we're out there and available. It's going the right direction, man. I appreciate it. Thanks so much Heck for your yeah. time. Brian Vinoka with the Minnesota Windchill.
That'll do it for this episode of Perkett Pod. We want to thank our partners, Audio Wiz, Justin Bailey, theme song by Taylor Robert. Keep listening weekly for another episode with Minnesota sports influencers and icons on Perkett Pod. Feel free to share this podcast. Give us a simple subscribe click. It doesn't cost you a thing. Heart us, rate us, double tap us, whatever you want. And until next time, remember, shine bright. Don't be afraid to be weird and open your hearts to inclusion. Peace. Perk and Pond, sometimes he's at play. Perk and Pond, find out what he'll say. Perk and Pond, who's coming on today? Woo-hoo.